My name is Fitz, and I'm the CEO of the Fitz Group. I'm glad you've chosen to listen to this week's excerpt from our weekly builder's call. This call is designed to help you move beyond personal sales and into building a business in the insurance industry. On one end of the income spectrum, we've helped a ton of agents make an additional $50,000 a year in override income on top of their sales income. And on the other end of the spectrum, we've helped a number of leaders make in excess of $1 million annually through the development of the override income into a business. And now, on to today's lesson. Okay, welcome to today's training. <laughs> Looks like we're having a good week so far in, the, in production, good week in recruiting. Um, and uh, today's training is a, is a uh, continuation of last week uh, in, in talking about goals. Now, last week we, uh, we, we started off in this goal setting. This is goal setting season for me. Uh, from Thanksgiving to, to, to New Year's, that's what I do. I, I spend time uh, thinking about the year I've had, um, the goals that I had for this year. How did I do? Did I hit them? Did I miss them? What could I have done differently? What did I do right? Like just really sort of analyzing the whole year but then using that to, to set up my new year. Um, listen, if you're not a goal setter, change that. Uh, you, you're not going to reach where you're trying to go uh, without being a goal setter. You're going to have to learn how to set goals. You're going to have to learn how to chase after those goals. Um, if you don't have a goal, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. If you don't set goals, I don't know what you're running to. Um, right? Like if you're running a race, the finish line is your goal, <laughs> right? At the, very, at the very least, maybe you got, you want to hit a certain time and, and break records and that, but whatever. But, you know, at least you have the finish line. What is your finish line? What is your goal that you're striving for right now? Uh, I, I challenge you and every year this time, I challenge the builder's call to think about it. Uh, put down your goals, uh, make sure, share them with somebody that can help you get where you want to go. Last week, uh, if you missed that, you can jump onto the archive uh, online. But last week, we talked about the 10 steps to setting your goals. Uh, and some of you guys, last week, I talked to you individually. You, 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 you did that. You went through and, and did those 10 steps to goal setting, and you came up with some good goals, and we discussed them last week, maybe refined them. Uh, talking again this week to further solidify those goals. Um, at the end of last week, though, uh, last week's uh, training, <clears throat> I started talking about grit. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. This is part two of the goals conversation. Next week will be part three, where I will combine all of this together into one training uh, that I call, Are You the Unabomber? <laughs> but uh, so uh, last week was a 10 steps to goal setting. And then this week, we're talking about grit. When we left off last week, I went through this 12-item grit scale. Respond to the following 12 items. Be honest. There are no right or wrong answers. Uh, on 411, I sent out a Slack uh, message that, um, uh, with the uh, spreadsheet that you just go in and, 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 and give your answers and then shoot. And I asked you to shoot that, uh, the responses over to me. Many of you have. Turns out we got some pretty gritty people on this call. Uh, but really and truly, as you're answering these questions, it's important that you be honest. Uh, don't go through this test thinking, you know, thinking that you know what grit means. Maybe you do. Maybe you've heard this talk before. Um, I, I don't want you going through it knowing what grit means and trying to get a good grit score. It, it's anytime you're taking a self-assessment like this, be it Myers-Briggs or a DISC test or strength finders or whatever, you need to go through and be honest because the better, the better you understand yourself, uh, the better you can understand others. And the better you understand others, I believe, the better you can grow this business um, and really just live a happier life in general. Uh, so last week we finished off with these 12 questions. Some people hand wrote them and sent those answers to me there. 
but we said, number one was, I have overcome setbacks to conquer an important challenge. Number two, new ideas and projects sometimes distract me from previous ones. Number three, my interests change from year to year. And I'll, I'll pause here in case you're screenshotting this, but you got the, um, uh, the responses are very much like me, mostly like me, somewhat like me, not much like me at all, not like me at all. So responding one of those five ways to this statement. Okay, number four was setbacks don't discourage me. Number five, I have been obsessed with a certain idea or project for a short time, but later lost interest. Number six, I'm a hard worker. Not taking a lot of time explaining these, and I didn't last week either. Uh, we're going to get into talking about grit here in just a second and how these questions really shape up. So if you're taking a screenshot of this screen, go ahead, fire away. By the way, we have now figured out how we can post these mess these uh, videos better in Slack. So uh, you should see this builder's call come out in Slack later on today uh, in case you want to review it or in case uh, you want somebody else to review it. Number seven item. Uh, I often set a goal but later choose to pursue a different one. Number eight, I have difficulty maintaining my focus on projects that take more than a few months to complete. I have difficulty maintaining my focus on projects that take more than a few months to complete. Number nine, I finish whatever I begin. Number 10, I have achieved a goal that took years of work. Number 11, I become interested in new pursuits every few months. And number 12, I am diligent. So that's the 12 item grit scale. Uh, I, will, uh, I will post this again in Slack today. Let me, uh, I'm gonna make a note. <laughs> I'll send it out again today in case you wanna take it and, uh, and then just shoot me the answers over. I mean, shoot me the, 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 the spreadsheet back over once you're done with it. Uh, I will, uh, like I say, I'll send that out today. Uh, if you're listening to this later and, uh, <laughs> and you missed out on getting that, that's okay. Shoot me a message um, via text or uh, email or whatever. Send me a message. I'll, I'll get you that spreadsheet over. I built a spreadsheet just so you can go real quick and answer these and it real quick calculates your score for you. Um, but I believe in giving credit where credit is due. This grit concept is not a concept that I came up with. Uh, I am regurgitating material that I have learned. <laughs> And a uh, <coughs> lady by the name of Angela Duckworth uh, has really uh, advanced the understanding of grit. And uh, I don't know that she originally came up with the idea of grit. I, I heard of grit long before I heard of Angela Duckworth. But uh, this it's now popular, uh, popular uh, in the business world. It's kind of catchy to talk about grit. Uh, Angela Duckworth is a, uh, is a professor at um, uh, Wharton School of Business and uh, is, is, is gotten to be pretty well known, has gained some notoriety. Uh, it's all started, for me, this education came about, uh, a, a friend of mine sent me this Farnham Street blog. Uh, there's, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging you to go read it or, or listen to it or whatever, but uh, it's good. Uh, there's some good material that comes out of that, but Farnham Street, if you're one of these that, that likes to read this kind of stuff versus watching TV at night, this is a good one to read. Uh, Farnham Street blog, he sent me this initially, Angela Duckworth on why grip matters more than IQ, and then later, I ended up seeing this uh, other article, Angela Duckworth, on how to develop grit. Um, and then uh, reading these articles and, and, and just finding some other stuff around the, around the, uh, the internets, the webs, the interwebs, 
uh, I, I found, ended up, she came out with this book, Angela Duckworth, Grit uh, is the name of the book, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. Um, I, I love this little, little quote on the front of the book. It says, psychologists have spent decades searching for the secret of success, but Duckworth is the one who found it. Um, and uh, I, I believe this is a good book. I believe it's worth a good read. Uh, it's worth a read. Uh, whether you are somebody who is gritty or not, uh, if you're not gritty and you want to become grittier, or if you're gritty and you want to be grittier, or if you just want to better understand as you're leading people, really the, 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 the bright spots that you should focus on. Here, here's somebody who's got grit. This is somebody I should invest in. Uh, people who are gritty or who are developing their grit and getting better and better at, grit, at being gritty, these are people that uh, long-term are going to see success in something like what we do. They're, they are even more worth the investment, uh, if you will. So uh, I will say, as we're going through it, if you've taken your scores, and if you haven't yet, I don't want to give anything away, but you know, uh, somebody listening to a builder's call like this, a, a call like this, you, you already are a little bit different. Uh, we've got about 50 people that, uh, that, that tune in on, on uh, Mondays for our builder's call. Um, and, uh, and, it, and it spikes and lowers and, you know, average around 45 to 50 people a week. Um, you're separating yourself already. You already are considered fairly gritty. Uh, when people take these people from the builders call, take these grit tests. Very rarely do I see somebody really super low. Everybody is average and higher, uh, that I've seen so far, because again, it's, we're, we're, we have people responding that are already separating themselves as somebody who's probably pretty gritty. I do recommend reading this book. Uh, That's where this teaching comes from. Uh, I believe in giving credit. I didn't come up with this stuff. Again, I, I learned it and I'm passing it on because I think it's, uh, it's worthwhile for you to know. Matter of fact, you read the book, you're probably going to learn some things that I'm not teaching uh, and it's, uh, it's going to be worth your while. So what is grit? Let's answer that question. What is grit? Now I grew up in the South. Grits come from corn. Uh, <laughs> but we're not talking about grits. We're talking about grit. What is grit? Well, there's this thing back in the, I think it was the 1960s, uh, called the marshmallow test. And, uh, uh rather than trying to explain the marshmallow test, I want to show you a quick video, uh, that, uh, is out there, uh, on the web that you can, that you can see. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a, a new marshmallow test, a new psychological, uh, a, a revisit of the old test that was done, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, was done on this video. So let's just, uh, let's watch the video real quick. Okay, sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you another one. So then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay. All right. I'm gonna go do something and then I'll come back. It smells yummy. Really 
So it's up to you. You can have it now or you can wait. Okay? I'll be back. Stay in the chair, okay? Okay. So I'm gonna leave and then I'll come back, okay? So you can either eat it right now or you can wait. Either way, okay? Okay. How'd you do? Did you do good? You did? Yeah. You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you I'd give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see yourself in the video anywhere? You guys, I know you. If you're listening in, you dialed in today. You didn't watch that. Uh, I, I'll describe. I mean, you, you heard it, but the marshmallow test. They they uh, bring these kids in, and we saw in the video these kids are maybe four, five, uh, six, maybe years old, um, and said, hey, look, it, we're going to leave you in the room with this marshmallow, and, and you're, you can eat it if you want to, but if you don't eat it, when we come back, we'll give you a second one, and then you can have both, uh, but if you eat it while we're gone, you only get the one. You don't get a second one. That was the test, and, and really, the, the, the observation was to see what those kids did with it. In the video, we got to see ourselves. I think I saw myself on there, uh, where <laughs> I know, like this year, I've been really on a, a real big focus on, on eating better. And, and I know if, if I end up, you know, having one of my kids French fries with, with lunch, I'm not supposed to eat those. If I have one though, I'm going to end up having four or five. I know if I give in that that's what's going to happen. Uh, and we saw that on the video. We saw that one little girl, I think she ate most of it and then put it back on the plate as if to hopefully, hopefully she got half of it and was going to get another one. <laughs> like maybe they wouldn't notice I ate some of it. You saw some kids smelling it, you know, uh, a couple of kids held off, but then that one little girl, she didn't even wait till the lady left the room. She was already eating it. Uh, did you see yourself in that marshmallow test? Um, you observed different self-control techniques uh, in that video, and that's what they observed in the original marshmallow test 50 years ago. Uh, there was, uh, they, they noticed kids would hide the marshmallows, kind of out of sight, out of mind. Uh, scenario. You got some people that talked or sang to themselves. That one little kid was, was, you know, with his fingers on his head and making the noise uh, that's distracting themselves from that, from that marshmallow sitting in front of them. Um, some flat out covered their eyes. Uh, one in the original marshmallow test, one kid took a nap. I don't know if that was a strategy or if maybe the kid was just tired or, or maybe, maybe a narcoleptic, like he just fell asleep. Who knows? But it, it worked for him. Uh, 
some would think abstractly about the marshmallows, like uh, that marshmallow is a monster. They made a, made a, a game out of it, and so they didn't want to eat it right then. Um, the problem with these self-control techniques is that they only work when a child knows what he or she wants in the short term. For example, 15 minutes, that self-control technique can work for 15 minutes because in the short term, you're going to get another marshmallow. If you can hold off on eating that just for 15 minutes, if you can just wait 15 minutes, you're going to get another one. Those short-term, uh, the, the problem is those self-control techniques, they only work when a child knows what he or she wants. If they ran the test and said, don't eat this marshmallow, and they came back later, more had eaten the marshmallow. They had no short-term goal to strive and reach out for. Interesting. So long-term pursuit requires two separate dimensions, motivation and volition, which we define as willpower and self-control. So long-term pursuit requires motivation. What's, what's motivation? Well, for this one, you know, surviving that, that 15 minutes, the motivation was they were getting a second marshmallow. And volition, willpower, self-control, that's not something somebody gave them. That's something they have inside of them. They have a willpower not to eat that, have self-control not to eat that marshmallow. Long-term long -term pursuit requires those two separate things. But each one is necessary to achieve long-term goals. Neither is sufficient alone. So you need motivation and volition. Again, defining volition as willpower and self-control. So you need motivation, willpower, self-control. Those are two things. <laughs> Sounds like three, but it's really two. You need both. You can't just have one to achieve long-term goals. Motivation by itself will wear out. <laughs> motivation by itself. I, I, I've told the story that you know, last January, this past January, right before National Convention, I tried on my tux because Saturday night is a black tie optional affair. I tried on my custom tux and it didn't fit. Well, there's my motivation to start losing weight because <laughs> I'm not buying another tux. I wear it like once or twice a year. I'm not going to buy another one. It's not worth it in my mind. So my motivation is lose weight so I can fit in the tux again, right? But, but that by itself, without willpower and self-control, what's going to happen is a month in, I'm going to give in, right? You want to start losing weight. It, you, you may be motivated for one reason or another to lose that weight, but if you don't have the willpower and self-control, or maybe you have all kinds of willpower and self-control, but just no motivation, no reason to do it. It doesn't work individually. You have to have both of those things. Grit in this book is defined as a passionate commitment to a single mission and an unswerving dedication to achieve that mission. Again, a passionate commitment to a single mission and an unswerving dedication to achieve that mission. It is what helps us attain long-term results on abstract goals. It's what keeps us going. In our business, it's what grit is what you need to build this business because it doesn't, it's not, it's not rainbows and unicorns, right? It's not, I mean, even, even, even figuring out some people figuring out the personal production, that ramp up time, that learning curve, the learning curve of building an agency that's make, that's grossing top line dollars of a million a year. Like, like the, the, the commitment to that, it, it, it's your grit is going to help you reach that. The less grittier you are, the less likely it is you're going to see this thing through to the end. Okay. Grit is only faintly related to IQ. That's great news for a lot of us. That, that if our IQ isn't off the charts, it doesn't mean that we can't have grit. Matter of fact, how many success stories have we heard of all these success stories of people who dropped out of college 
and built a business and became billionaires. I mean, Bill Gates is a great story of that. Uh, Zuckerberg with Facebook. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of today, we hear a lot of these stories of people who dropped out of college and they may have a great high IQ, but what saw their success wasn't their IQ. There were certainly people smarter than them that did not have that level of success. Their grit is what saw them through. When compared to others of similar IQ, those with higher grit scores lasted longer. So grit is faint, only faintly related to IQ, but when compared to others of similar IQ, those with higher grit scores lasted longer. In the book, she talks about um, GPAs. You know, you, you may have people who have similar IQ, have similar GPAs, but their success rate in life um, was more related to their grit score than their GPAs. Uh, national spelling bee and learning all of those words. You, you've got, uh, they, 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 they saw a correlation of people, you know, hey, these are all people who are in the national spelling bee, but who actually won it? Usually it's the person with the higher grit score, not necessarily the one with the higher IQ. West Point. Uh, interesting. Angela Duckworth was, was invited to do a study at West Point, And, you know, this is the, the U.S. Military Academy. Uh, we just saw them beat Navy last week. So or, or over the weekend. Well, West Point uh, has their own admissions, their, their, uh, their own admissions uh, profiles that when, when, a, when a student or a, ca a cadet of West Point is entering into uh, the university there, when they're entering into the school, they're, they're given this battery of exams. And those exams are, are predictors of how they're going to succeed. Angela Duckworth's 12 question grit test proved to be more an, a more accurate uh, uh, predictor of their success. 12 questions is more accurate in the prediction of success than their whole battery of exams that West Point gave to their to their cadets. Now, these West Point cadets all had similar high school experiences. They all had congressional appointments to go to school there. So they, there's, it's a pretty high echelon of people who are entering in there. And yet those with higher grit scores ended up proving to be more successful in school and in life. Crazy. Grit is passion and perseverance for extremely long intervals. The longer you can stay excited and persevere the longer you can do that, the grittier you are, right? Those days when things don't go well, can you figure out, can you do like one of those kids in the marshmallow test and figure out how to ignore that thing that happened to you today, that negative that hit you in the face? Can, can, can you, what can you do? Are you the one that sings songs to ignore it? Are you the one that goes and takes a nap to ignore it? Are you the one that just goes ahead and, and succumbs to it and you're just overwhelmed by the negative that happened in your life and, and in your business today? Because, because the tip here is when you can learn to persevere through that and keep your passion through that, the success is on the other side. It is. On the other side, I've seen so many people come up to that point where they have their first real challenge in this business and it overcomes them. And it's always like the saddest day for me because I see somebody with amazing talent, maybe off the charts IQ, great work ethic, great work ethic, but they lack the grit. Dang it. I hate that. So how can you develop grit? Fitz, I want this. I want this business. I've always wanted my own business. I've never had an idea of how to build a business. I, I don't, if I did have a great idea, I don't know how to go about doing it. I, I want, I want grit. 
because I want this. Something that you saw, like I'm, I'm, this is something you saw about what we do, something you saw in the plan or the opportunity, or maybe just watching on Slack, you're seeing messages and you're going, I want that. I want the time and the money. I want to be able to give to my favorite charities. I want that car. I want that jet. I want that house. I just want to be out of debt. You know, I want to provide my kids with a life that I never had. I want that fits, but I'm not gritty. And every time I come up against an obstacle, it, it feels overwhelming. So, so the question is, how can I develop grit? Here we go. To become grittier, we should look at who is gritty and ask ourselves how they approach things and what they do. To become grittier, <laughs> we should look at who is gritty and ask ourselves how they approach things and what they do. Now, I think on this call, if you're around the Fitz group, you know that Michelle Alleman is somebody who's fairly gritty. She's fairly gritty. And I just heard last week in a, in a, a video message that Jeff Adcock put out. He was, he was having a week, right? Haven't you ever had a week? Have you ever had a Monday? <laughs> like, God, man, I just can't wait to get through this week because it sucks, right? You ever had that? Well, Jeff was having a week last week and he said he asked himself, what would Michelle Alleman do? And it, it helped him push through. Listen, in our, in our culture, if you're looking for somebody who's gritty, Michelle's pretty gritty. <laughs> I'm pretty gritty. Adam Johnson's pretty gritty. I mean, there's some pretty gritty folks on here. Pretty gritty. <laughs> Has a ring to it, doesn't it? So to become grittier, we should look at those folks and ask ourselves how they approach things and what they do. Ask, what do Olympic athletes do with their time? How do they organize their lives and their days? But those are gritty people. Now, um, I mean, think about, uh, to me, Olympic athletes are unlike professional athletes. I mean, you get, uh, watching, watching the Cowboys beat up on those Eagles last night, that was awesome. Yeah, we call them the Eagles. It, watching that, I, was, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, that was awesome. But those guys, yeah, they worked hard. They worked hard but their game is every week. And then, and then they, they have to wait a few months and practice starts back up again. Another season begins and not knocking that, but Olympic athletes only get their shot once every four years. <laughs> they only get a shot once every four years. And even then they're not guaranteed to make the Olympic team and to be able to go compete. They have to be gritty. Olympic athletes more than any other athlete are gritty because it's not the instant gratification. And listen, Olympic athletes aren't playing the game for millions of dollars. Maybe they get some endorsement deals. I mean, if you're all around number one gymnastics or whatever, you end up getting some pretty good endorsements deals. Uh, but, but that's not necessarily what the Olympic athletes are doing it for. They're doing it for the passion that they have about this sport. They're doing it for the love they have. So, so they are people to emulate, not necessarily all professional athletes, but looking at the Olympic athletes, what do they do with their time? How do they organize their lives and their days? Short answer is their time, their lives, their days, everything is centered around this one thing. And that's making the Olympic team and standing on that podium with a gold medal. That's how they organize their lives and their time and their, and their days. That's everything is centered around that. Well, Fitz, I, what are you saying? What do you say? I need to I need to center my 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 time and and my life and my days around building this business. If that's what you want, I didn't necessarily want to build this business. I just wanted a life different than I was experienced when I than I experienced growing up. 
I wanted to be a better father than I had. I wanted my wife to be a better mother than I had. I wanted my kids to have better opportunities than I had. And I knew what that was going to take was all of those things were going to take me making money and me making time. So that was it. Making money, making time. That was my focus. I lasered in on that. And everything in my life goes towards that. You're all about business? Oh, no. Hang out with me sometime. You'll learn. I'm not all about my family either. I'm all about all of it. World-class experts do not just practice, but deliberate practice. How I was, I was sitting with a friend of mine this weekend who uh, played college football and is still, I think, like number six uh, in, in all of college football, is still number six in, uh, in sacks um, ahead of some pros that are still playing today. He's, he's number six collegiately. Uh, and he was like, 5'11 and a 180-pound inside linebacker in college. Like, how does a guy like that lead in sacks? As he says, he was angry. But <laughs> he worked his stuff out on the football field. But he was having a conversation with my oldest, with Joseph, and saying, look, you, you need to be the catalyst for your soccer team. You need to be the leader for your soccer team. And it's not just in the game. It's in practice. How you practice is how you play. How you practice is how you play. If you practice lackadaisical, you're going to play lackadaisical. If practice is serious for you, the game is serious for you. How you practice is how you play. World-class experts not just practice, but they deliberately practice on focused things that they need to improve on. They work on weaknesses and not strengths. But Fitz, you've always said, and John Maxwell, all this always said, that, that I, need to, I need to focus on my strengths and not my weaknesses. World-class experts, world-class athletes, they, they fix on their weaknesses. Their strengths, they're already strong. Now, they will operate in their strengths. John Maxwell says spend 75% of your time uh, uh, operating in your strength and 20% and of your time improving your strength and 5% of your time uh, working on your weaknesses. What Angela Duckworth found in her book was they work on weaknesses and not strengths. That strength is already good. I want to get the weaknesses better. Now, you, you got to define some things here, like my strength is, is, is this business. My, well, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at golf, so I should go play more golf. No, it's working on the weaknesses inside of your strengths. Let's define that more clearly. It's, it's, this is, this, these are my strengths, and where am I weak in my strengths? That's what I'm going to focus on. The gritty fall down a lot. The gritty make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> the gritty, they fall down a lot. They make a lot of mistakes and they pick themselves up and go at it again. Observe that. If you want to be grittier, you have to choose that. So I saw that with my own son, my, with Zachary, our second son in soccer this year. His coach just kept getting after him because Zachary would get hurt and, and lay on the field. And was he truly hurt? Yeah, we think more it wasn't his body hits hurt so much as his spirit was hurt and he was he felt defeated that's why he kind of laid on the ground well his coach pushed him on that like listen we need you in the game if you don't want to be in the game let me know so I can put you on the bench and put somebody in the game that wants to be in the game because when you're down our whole team goes down and when you're up our whole team is better you've got to figure out how to get hurt and get back up and and our, and watching him watching that coach just feed into that 10 year old like that it's been inspiring and to watch the 10-year-old respond to it. Like, this is not about 10-year-old soccer. It's a life lesson. The sooner you can learn how to get back up from getting knocked down, the more likely it is you're going to achieve that long-term success that you're wanting. Gritty people play things that are too hard. 
they play things that are too hard. Gritty people, they, they, they play the game with people who are better than they are, <laughs> right? That, that the more likely they're going to get punched more. I mean, they, they talk about in, in kids' sports, about kids playing up in age. My, my oldest is a seventh grader playing on an eighth grade soccer team for his school and playing against other schools' eighth graders. And he's constantly saying to me, Dad, I, I haven't hit puberty yet. I'm not as big as they are yet. It, 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 like it's kind of scary out there. I go, yeah, but kid, what you're learning now, when you are their size, can you imagine how good you're going to be because you've been playing harder than, than what your age required, you've been playing harder. I mean, the, the Olympic, Olympic track athletes run with a parachute or a sled pulling behind them. I know in, in, when I was on a swim team in high school, uh, routinely people would swim in, in what they didn't race in. They swam in baggier shorts. So when they raced in their speedo, they were that much faster. They attempt challenges that are too high. These, these Olympic athletes, these gritty people, attempt things that, are, that, are, that maybe they shouldn't attempt knowing that they're going to fall down, knowing that they're going to get up, knowing that they're going to learn from it. They get feedback. This is a big one. I don't know how to build a business without getting feedback from those who can help me. I don't know how to do that. And so I observe others trying to do that, and I don't have any advice for them because I don't know how to do what you're trying to do. I only know how to build a business by getting help, by getting feedback on what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. Decide today. Decide today to become grittier. Be a lifelong learner and decide to succeed. You want to increase your grit. You want to increase your odds of pushing through and seeing that success on the other side that you've been dreaming about, that you, that you lay awake at night thinking about. You want to see that other side. You've got to decide today to become grittier. And then listen, then execute. One of my favorite quotes of John Maxwell is, it's one thing to decide. It's a whole other thing to manage that decision. So you've got to decide, step one, and then do. Be a lifelong learner and decide to succeed. Decide that you're not about to get rich quick. I've always said that our business is not get rich quick. It's make money in a hurry. But it's not get rich quick. Get rich quick is, is success overnight, and it's the, the failure is overnight too. What we're looking for is steady plodding along that over time sees the results that you're striving for. Over time. It may not happen this week. It may not happen this month. But you keep putting these days back to back to back to back to back together 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road. I was sharing with Joe Walker's guys last night. I, some, of the, some people he gathered at the house, not the whole team, but some, just some people at the house, and sharing with them. Like, I can't believe 20 years has passed in this business. I can't believe I've already spent 20 years in this business. I can't even imagine what the next 20 years is going to look like. What's that going to be like? I can't even imagine. But I know I'm not backing off. I know I'm going to continue being a lifelong learner and continuing to do. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with the Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.